You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. So tonight we trust that the Lord will help us as we continue to meditate you know, on the things that come out from there. I actually have a question and uh, maybe we'll start from there. I have a question. The Bible tells us in Romans eleven twenty nine, a passage many of us know and is often quoted you know, by uh, preachers and everyone alike. It says, Romans eleven twenty nine. let's read it, everybody. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Now, with a statement like this, how do you align with what we say that someone can actually miss God's purpose for his life? How do we put it together? The gifts and the calling of God, because you meet some people and they say, ah, it's your destiny. Whatever you do is your destiny. Or some people who believe that whatever they do, they're still going to get blessed by God. How do we, you know, in line with this statement and what was said to Jeremiah? God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you and I ordained you to be a prophet. This is what you're going to do. So what is really the explanation? How do we tie all this together? And then because I know that our own job in this is to see to it that we end our lives fulfilling the purpose for which God created us, isn't it? So how best do we go about it with such a statement? Now, I want to first, you know, put side by side with that statement. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word, word, every testimony is established. If you go a few verses down from 29 to verse 33, a statement is there. Let's read it, 33. It says what? Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. He says what? How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Now, the truth is this. I don't know if someone can remember, you can help us because this is Bible study. And um, coming for Bible study should give you the total picture and make sure that it's workable. I think, I believe that's what's coming on Wednesday is Sunday might get you charged up and excited. But when you come on Wednesday, you get the nitty-gritty how to work it out. I believe that that statement that Paul made has been over-pushed beyond its intention and beyond what it should imply. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable in the sense that if God, you know, um, how do I put it now? What is a gift now? God gives you to be a talented singer. Then you can sing. Praise the Lord. You can sing either in the nightclub and you can also sing where? In worship. In fact, most of the major, most 90% of the American singers started from church. Because incidentally, it's only in church that those talents will be discovered. Praise the Lord. Those who sell drugs, it's not why you're asking somebody whether he wants one or two or whatever. The way they, I don't know how they are like, sell it. That you know whether you're a talented singer. But from Sunday school, from the choir, that's how those gifts come up. Then along the line, they make a choice. The gifts are there, but the purpose is no longer being used for the same way. The same way in the normal world, okay, um, in America now, there's a lot of arguments whether they should, you know, withdraw gun, you know, from citizens or to leave it with citizens. And the argument for those who want to say guns should be withdrawn says that because guns are available, people use it to kill, Okay. And then the people who are saying guns should not be withdrawn are saying guns don't kill. It's human beings that kill. So gun is what? Guilty or innocent? What do you think? 
He said that guns don't shoot people. It's people that take guns and shoot people. And the argument is that there are knives in every kitchen. And you use the knives to cut tomato. You use the knife to cut turkey. You use the knife to cut, you know, in our own time, cassava. You know, let me not be calling Oibo things so we can connect. Cut cassava, you know. Cut yam, uh-huh. Okay? So we've not said let's ban knives because what? Knives, someone used knives to kill. Praise God. So it's the same way. The gifts and callings of God, yes. But the purpose you apply it to is your own. You know why? If God would compel you and I to pursue his purpose, whether we want it or not, he has withdrawn the right to choose from us. And once that right is withdrawn from us, we are no longer made in his image. So one of the things we must learn tonight is the place of choice. And as sister said it, the place of determining that my life will go according to God's purpose. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. Many of us, you may have had friends or colleagues or, you know, siblings or whatever who at primary school were excellent, you know, students in school. When they get to secondary school, they decide that it's not academics. They want, and then they begin to deviate. Okay? But they are gifted. They have the gifts. Some of the best footballers that Nigeria should have produced didn't play national team. There are some guys that in my secondary school, what they were playing, okay, if they had continued, mercy would be a joke. You see, but to pursue that purpose is another thing altogether. Praise the Lord. And to put in the discipline that will make you to function in that dimension is another thing. So that I am created with a purpose is telling me potential. But reality depends on my what? Choices. Reality depends on my choices. And it's very important we look, you know, we observe that. So our text says, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah 1.4, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for my youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. He said, do not be afraid of their faces, for I'm with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. So we see here Jeremiah's commissioning, God telling him, this is my plan for your life. It was left to Jeremiah to say, God, I accept your plan for my life. It's a proposal. Praise the Lord. It's a proposal with solid fulfillment. God says, and that's what, you know, I think our brother reminded us. Because God is the one giving you the purpose. You see, man can look at you and tell you that he thinks you can do this, but you don't have the capacity. But because this is from God, it's already built inside of you. So in essence, brothers and sisters, it is actually easier to fulfill God's purpose for your life than to do the devil's own. Because God's purpose is what you were designed with. It's actually easier. It's actually easier. You know, it's actually easier. I'm telling you, it's, it might look as if it's more difficult, but it's actually easier. What happens is that one choice complicates the issue. 
And then another choice complicates and another choice complicates. And then life begins to get difficult. And you're wondering, no, 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 these things are too. No, it's actually easier. Why? Because that is what you were created for. That's why the Bible can say that the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. When you are pursuing God's purpose for your life, one of the things you can be sure of is that there will be peace. And that peace is a sign from your system telling you you're in line. Praise the Lord. Telling that you're working, you're doing, you're where your creator wants you to be. And then in that place of peace, there will also be joy. Because it means that the heavenly markers are taking your correct. Okay? But instead of that, what happens most times is that we find ourselves in situations we don't have peace and we don't have joy. Now, the world, because over time the world has suffered lack of peace and lack of joy. They have created many things. That's why one advert, you know, you see on television all the time, you see them advertising alcoholic drinks, but they never show you the users. Huh? When people drink alcohol, is, is it what they show on TV? Is that the way they behave? And people are buying it. There are some reports some other time that next to some other, one of the very wealthy countries in, in the world, that Nigeria consumes most of the wine. Okay, so the world is starved of peace and joy. So manufacturers, they are factories producing things to replace that. Because men have deviated from God's purpose and the gift of God, the peace of God, that, and the joy the Lord gives, men can't find it. So they have to buy it. They have to buy it. So either they smoke it or they drink it or whatever it, because what is it? They're looking for that thing that should be a confirmation that they're in the center of God's will. So it's like a man who consistently is living on anesthetics. You're doing something that is hurting you and then you're taking, you know, painkiller. Every day they're just giving you double dose, triple dose, you know, quadruple dose, you know, 10 times dose. Why? Because you're hurting yourself. That's how men are living. But we that are Christians, we know better. Praise the Lord. So you pursue peace. And that peace is not a peace that is circumstantial. It's a peace that is internal. It's a peace of having done all to stand. Because when you find that place, it is a place where heaven looks and says, you're doing what you're to do. That's why they could put Paul and Silas in prison and they'll be singing. And when the earthquake occurred and the prison doors were broken through, they didn't run away. Because they were still in the center of God's will. And what was God's will in that situation? Salvation for all. They were not looking for escape. Praise the Lord. So that peace was there. So tonight we are trying to see how does the believer, you know, constantly, in spite of what is happening around us, remain in that place where we were created to be. We're created to be. It's possible. Somebody say it's possible. So we're establishing, yes, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But... His purposes, we have to choose. It's not even a difficult exam to write. Adam and Eve, did they fulfill God's purpose? No. <laughs> they were the only students, two of them in the class. They failed. He didn't take the head from them, but they would have really wished that the thing was another way. Praise the Lord. Why? Because of choices. So the purposes of God are there. It's like an orphan, then a need for an acceptance. Unless there's an acceptance, there's no contract in place. Okay. So his purposes and destinies must always, you know, conform to why? Because God is holy. There is a way God will treat you and I, and then his holiness, someone can accuse him. You know, there is a tendency to want to portray God as nice. God is nice, but not nice the way we think nice. 
when we think nice, like we said a few Sundays ago, we think of somebody that um, will make an exception for you and then not make an exception for you because he's my brother. Praise the Lord. But you see, God is holy. God is just. Praise the Lord. God is righteous. He says he will not leave himself without a witness. So it means if I do anything for him and I don't do it for you, you have a right to accuse me and say to me, this thing you did, you're partial. And that is where our Lord and Savior Jesus comes in. And that's where we as believers must never, never cease to thank him. You know, some, there are some casticers that say, have you said thank you, Jesus, today? Because it's only in Christ Jesus that God can be nice to you and nobody can blame him because he says, I'm doing it for my only begotten son. You understand? You know why? Because Jesus has more than earned. He's the only begotten of the Father. He's the one who fully pleased him. So whatever you and I do as Christians, we do it through Jesus so that whatever he does for us, he'll be just. If we walk in the light as is in the light, the blood of Jesus will cleanses us. In Christ Jesus, we are so perfect. Are you getting it? That's how come he can make a different case for us and still be righteous. If not, you know, they would have accused him of being unrighteous. Praise God. But in that Christ Jesus, he say, if we walk in the light, there is a walking in that light. There is a walking in that light. Praise God, somebody. So these are the things that cause, that's why God can't just do anything with everybody. He has to maintain his holiness. He has to maintain his integrity. He has to continue to set himself apart. Praise the Lord. To help us further understand this question, you know, that we ask. First Samuel chapter 2. We all know Eli. Eli was a man that was privileged. You know, could have had things gone for him, you know, on and on and on. But in First Samuel 2 verse 30, we're told, God speaking concerning him, said to him, let's read together everybody. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that what? Your house and the house of your father will walk before me forever. Can you see that? Who said? God said, your house, Eli, your house and your, will walk before me forever. But what happens now? But now the Lord says what? Far be it from me. These are some of the things we don't understand. We say God doesn't change his mind. Yes, he doesn't change his mind because he's the same. But you see, you have to respond to different things that he is. Now look at his statement. He says what? Far be it from me for those who honor me. Now, you know what God is saying here? Let me explain, you know, what God is saying. God is saying, if I keep my word to you, I'll be honoring those who dishonor me, which is breaking my integrity. So you don't just say God's word, God's word. No, God's word proceeds from who he is. So it says, far be it from me. For what? Only those who honor me will I honor. So if you're not honoring me and I honor you, what have I done? I have broken the essence of who I am. That's what he was saying there. That's what he was saying. And those who despise me shall be what? Lightly esteemed. So God is establishing for us here that my gifts and callings, I but my purpose and the essence of who I am, you know, the totality of my name. In some places, he would treat it as his name. He said, you have reproached my name. God has a name. Praise God. Remember that Satan said to God, how can I talk Job? Have you not built an hedge? So God, is, God doesn't slap those who want to talk. Praise the Lord. He doesn't say shut up. He lets them speak. You know why? He is holy, holy, holy. You can never find fault with him. Some of us, we are bosses and we are superiors in the offices. Someone wants to give you small suggestions. Say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? 
Meanwhile, you're not God. Praise the Lord. So you must allow people to speak. If they are wise, you know, if it's a wise suggestion, you get better. If it's a foolish one, you know, the folly will be exposed. But anyhow, we must allow. So Satan said to God, I mean, why are you calling Job a righteous man? I mean, why won't he be? That's what he said. It was an argument. He said, if you did for anybody what you've done for Job, the person will be righteous. That's why God said, okay, let's see. Let me show you that this man is special. That's how the competition began. And thank God Job showed himself worthy of the blessings and the message of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. We see in our world that there are several things that determine the outcome of events in our world. We've said here, it's not at all times that God's will is done, but God's will finally will supersede. Praise the Lord. At the end of it all, he's going to be the one that will wrap everything up. He has the final say. That's why the Bible says he's alpha and what? Omega. He's beginning and what? He's the end. That's why the Bible says, at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee what? Shall bow. Why? Because there are some knees now. Even uh, Abu Shakal, Boko Haram, is insulting Jesus now. Isn't he? There are people that are, you know, there are people that are doing all kinds of things. You know, insulting our Lord and Savior. But a time will come, praise the Lord. A time will come when their knees will bow and their tongues will confess. Okay, so the will of God will supersede, will finally be done. But there are seasons. There are seasons. In fact, the Bible says after all of us in the name of Jesus would have gone with the rapture. He said there will be a time where they will give Satan power and he will do all kinds of things. He'll be able to do it, but this time will be restrained and constrained. Say, okay, enough. So God is in control. It's just like in your house. In the night you go to bed, you turn off the light. You know, I'm sure some of us may not have cockroaches because there's no food for the cockroach. But I heard that cockroaches can even eat concrete. So when there's no food, they will even eat the ground. (laughs) You know, you turn off the light and then they'll come and do their own thing. But anytime you come, they respect you. Praise the Lord. So that's it. God's will, God's sovereign and power will at the end of the day be done. Okay? But most times what we see is God's permissive will. And what is God's permissive will? That is God managing, you know, managing and, you know, rearranging and, and readjusting as men cooperate with him. Remember when he created the heavens and the earth, he said, let them have dominion. Let man have dominion. So my life, your life, our lives, our nation, our church, our families, everything about us, God cannot act without our cooperation. That's what I'm trying to say tonight. Praise the Lord. But God, finding our cooperation, we can have his perfect will. We can experience it. The Bible says Enoch walked with God. Enoch was so in tune with God's perfect will that the earth became inconvenient for them. And he went and continued with God. He didn't die. That's how beautiful it is. How many desire that? Praise the Lord, somebody. You should desire that. It's, these are the things you read in the scriptures and identify with. Don't follow people that will tell you Saul was a murderer. Moses was a murderer. How many people did they murder? They're trying to look for excuses from scripture. This person was an adulterer. How many people did David commit adultery with? This person was this. This person was that. This person was a thief. This person, God used it. What of Enoch? What of Joseph? What of Daniel? Have they told you about them? People always trying to lower the standard. Whereas God's grace is sufficient. Nobody is boasting in himself. He said, who is sufficient unto these things? Nobody. But God who has called us. You know what it means for God to be telling you you can do something and you're telling him I can't. Ordinary those days, when you start working in a bank, eh? even your steps change just because the bank has employed you. 
When you see your classmates before, when you just see them, you just feel that something has happened. There's a way they'll laugh. You stop laughing so that you don't laugh at the level of non-bankers. And then in banks, there were categories of banks. Praise the Lord. You know, you, you, you laugh in, you know, in, in, in French. <laughs> because they, they can't laugh like you. They don't have your call card. Praise the Lord. Just because you've gone through an interview and they've said, you are now on board. Those days they say, welcome on board. It changes everything. Okay? They make you feel special. The same way, that's how the Christians should feel. The Apostle Paul says, it's a high call that we've been called to. So you're a young lady here. You don't carry yourself like a market that are begging who to buy. You carry yourself like a prize that the whole world is competing to win. Do you understand? I see Christian sisters. They're just, hey, and the friends, nobody. What, do you know who you are? You're the king's daughter. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. So there's perfect way. There's a permissive way which deals with all man's disobedience, rebellion, passivity, indifference, and all of that being mixed up, you know, and all of that. And we see in the scriptures men that showed us how this thing worked perfectly. I mentioned Joseph. Let's look at Genesis 45. Genesis 45 from verse 4 to 9. This is Joseph. Joseph says, and Joseph said to his brothers, this at this time was when he was revealing himself to the brothers. After many years, at least 14, minimum of 14 years after they sold him. Please come near to me. So they came near to him and he said to him, I'm Joseph. And look at the introduction. I'm Joseph whom you did what? You sold into Egypt. It's, it's the same me. It's the same me. He said, but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourself. Why? You sold me here because you sold me here. But why? For God sent me before you to preserve life. Six. For these two years, the famine has been in the land. There are still five years in which they'll be plowing. They'll be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save lives by a great deliverance. So now, look at this. It was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Let's see nine. Hurry now, go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, if we look at this statement, we remember Joseph's dream. He dreamt, he woke up. What effort do you put in a dream? How, many, how much can you do to influence a dream? How much? Nothing, right? How many of us have dreamt we had a lot of money in the dream? And then you try to go back to sleep to collect the money, to withdraw the money. <laughs> Did it work? It didn't work, I mean. <laughs> Cash the money from Dream Bank. Okay. Anyway, Joseph had the dream, okay? That is, you know, the 11 stars and the, all of them were buying to him. He woke up. That was the dream. That's what God planned for him. That's God's purpose for him. That's God's agenda for him. Now, when he was sold into slavery, the choice in Potiphar's house to serve as a slave, who did it? Joseph. Brethren, when we read this Bible, it's talking about people like us. Joseph's background, he wasn't heading cow. He wasn't heading sheep. He was the ajebota of the house. Praise the Lord. He probably wasn't doing any household chores. None of that. For a 70-year-old Ajebota to become number one houseboy, you know the conversion that would have taken place. Joseph could have gone into Potiphar's house and sucked until they resold him at a lower price. Bad market. 
Do you understand? Haven't you seen people who saw? Ordinary secondary school, they dropped some children. They will cry for the first one week. Joseph got into Potiphar's house and said, is this where life has put me? He said, watch it. And he started out serving even the pacos that were there. You see, the dream was there. But Joseph had to make choices. What I want you to learn tonight is that there are choices you have to make. It was those choices. So the brothers did their own. Everybody did their own. But Joseph had his own to do. It was not automatic. And after he had passed that first test, when Potiphar's wife's test came, he still had to pass it. It was not automatic. It wasn't automatic. God's purpose for your life implies simple, praise God. It implies that you will take every precept, every word of God, and embrace it. Every word of God. Because if you look at Joseph's life, everything is there. Diligence is there. Humility is there. Can I tell you another one that is there, very powerful one that many of us, attitude. You see, at, you can be doing something. You can be sweeping eh, the house, but have a wrong attitude. You can be obeying, but obeying with the wrong attitude. There is no way Potiphar would have made Joseph the head steward if his attitude, his excellence, Everything was not there. If you're a Christian businessman, he had learned this. If you're a Christian employee, he had learned this. To be promoted in your office is not wonder. Alone. There is wonder. But you see, the word of God expects that all these things, you see, giving all diligence, add to your faith word, virtue. You must add all of this. Joseph didn't enter Potiphar's house and was just shabaking prayer. Potiphar would have said, which language is this? No. Everything was there. Is it to wake up early? Is it to serve? Is it after he had clean cleanliness? He had to sweep, you know, do the dirty job and still be clean. He had to relate to everybody well. He had to have the right attitude to his superiors, to his junior. Everything excellent for the purpose to be fulfilled. And then when it came to matters of purity, he had to distinguish himself. Look at that temptation. Temptation was from Madame herself. That means you cannot be caught. But the man took it to another level, or rather the boy. The boy said, it's not between me and you and Potiphar. It's with God. Praise the Lord. So these are the things we learn. God has a purpose. And what will lead you and I to the fulfillment of that purpose is obedience to his word. Christianity is about obedience. They taught us many years ago, trust and obey for what? There is no other way. No other way. Young lady, there is no way God will want to prosper you and want you to be in a relationship with a man who is not your husband. Ah, he's a nice man, no? I know he's married, but he's very nice and kind. You're an adulteress. Praise the Lord. No matter how nice and kind he is, you're an adulteress. It's as simple as that. God can never bless you in contravention of his word. His holiness, it's impossible. If you're being blessed in an area, unquote, not blessed, but if you're getting something in a relationship that is not holy, it's not God that is blessing. It's bait. It's the enemy giving you bait. Praise God. In fact, more often than not, let me not forget to speak on that. I said, yeah, oh, our time is gone. Maybe I'll quickly jump to that. They are what they call pressure or what I've called pressure of purpose and pressure of purpose. Pressure of, O-F. And then there's pressure of OFF. The truth is that our Lord Jesus Christ said to us, in this world you have what? There will be trials. Everybody will have challenges in this world. For those who drink to get their sorrows off, go and ask them. That drink in the morning is the negative. It's as if the drink claims all this, you know, payment in the morning. 
There is no shortcut in this world. As long as we're in this world. From the time the fall happened, trouble is for everybody. Whether you're pursuing purpose or you're not pursuing purpose, there'll be wahala. Praise the Lord, somebody. There'll be challenges. There'll be difficulties. You go off entirely against God's will. God has a prodigal son. Life must have been uncomfortable for him in the father's house. You know that? Ah, for him to get up and go to his father, he was like saying, Daddy, you since you didn't die, please let me go before I kill you. <laughs> That's what he said. He must have been tired of life in that environment. So who knows what the stress was for him. And he took his inheritance and left. When he saw the trouble of purpose, he said the trouble of purpose is better. He said, I will arise and go back to my father's house. In fact, he said, when he goes back to his father's house, he doesn't want to be a son. He'll move to the boy's quarter. He said, that one is better. Many times as believers, we're in situations that are blessed, but because we don't have understanding, we're wishing for something. May God not allow you to stray. You're just feeling, hey, what is this? What is this? What? That's how the boy was feeling. Oh, what is this? Every morning, ah, you know, come for breakfast. Ah, sit down and, uh, you know, this is, they'll recite the laws. You know, it was a Jewish house. They'll recite the laws. He said, this, this is boring, man. I, I need to check something out. So he checked out. When he fellowshiped with the pigs and they didn't, <laughs> nothing told him that his father's own is what? It's better. It's better. Praise the Lord. I think, um, is it um, my late friend, Professor Mwigwe, that somebody say used to tell the son? He says, is it that you study or you be a mechanic? I mean, yeah. You can decide to play through school. But when your mates are signing money to get money, you'll be sweating to get money. Praise God. Somebody sits down in the office with air conditioning and makes 50 times more money than you. Why? Because he did assignment. He went to school. He disciplined himself for four years or for six years. You don't do it. There's pressure everywhere. Praise the Lord. So God will not compel us to fulfill purpose. He'll throw it before us and then the word, his word will guide us into it. Jeremiah that we see here, do you know Jeremiah was flogged, was beaten, was put in the dungeon and the dungeon they put him in was not the one with window. It was underground. This same Jeremiah... Part of fulfilling God's purpose. But at the end, when Babylon invaded Israel, they said to him, choose where you want to live. Praise the Lord. Because the Bible says the path of the just is what? As the shining light. Your tomorrow as a righteous one, as a child of God, can never be worse than today. Whatever you go through today, hold on. There's a lifting coming. Praise the Lord. Because God's hand is the one that's got you. Praise the Lord. Okay? So there's pressure in the world. Let nobody deceive us. There's pressure. There are troubles everywhere. Anyhow you look at it. Somebody open 1 Peter 4 for us, please. 1 Peter 4. You can put 12 to 19 on the screen. Another person can do 3, 13 to 17. We'll just look at them quickly. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 19. Please, can you put it together, sir? Or someone with it can read. Anybody with the mic, please, from the choir. 1 Peter 4, 12. Yes, please. Okay, it's on the screen. Let me read. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fair trial which is to try you, as though what some strange thing happened to you. He said, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, what will happen? You may also be glad with exceeding joy. Go on, please. He said, if you're reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed, but on your part, what? He's glorified. 
difficulties, trials in the path of your purpose. That's why I will never deceive anybody. Prosperity is good. God will provide. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. But everybody will not be a billionaire. In the path of obeying God, you will miss money. In the path of obeying God, you miss comfort. Young lady, in the path of keeping to yourself, that brother or that man that you thought was God's will will run away from you because they didn't get what they want. But you know what? If you knew his end, you will be jumping up. Okay? So he says, but let none of you do what? Suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evildoer, as a busybody in other men's. Continue. He said, yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not what? Be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Christians go through things. They may throw out our goods from the house. It doesn't matter. God is watching. All of that will come for a testimony in due season. Praise the Lord. He continues, say, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. If it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the one? ungodly and the sinner appear. What that scripture is saying here is this, the righteous have their trials. Praise the Lord. But the one of the sinners, you don't want to try it. So facing difficulty as a child of God, don't imagine that you can solve it by being outside of God's will. So there's a threat. If you don't compromise, you will lose this thing. Just know that the pain and the price you'll pay for compromise will be much more. And then when you obey, there's a reward. Praise God. In fact, when you obey, the greatest of the rewards is that you will be aligning with that eternal purpose. That's it. Praise God. First Peter 3.13 Okay. Who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? 14. But even if you should suffer for what? Righteousness sake. Say you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with what? Meekness and fear. This is the word of God. You see, in all of that, they say with what? Meekness and fear. May the Lord give us grace in Jesus' name. 16 and 17, please. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your conduct in Christ may be what? Ashamed, 17. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Now I repeat, this suffering for doing good is the turn that leads you to purpose. Is the turn that leads you to purpose. Is the turn that causes all that divine agenda for your life to manifest. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If they never enter the fire, their generation would never have known that there were men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. And Nebuchadnezzar would have lived and died and not known that there was a God who appeared as man. Remember, it was Nebuchadnezzar that said, I see a fourth man in the fire. Who taught him? He said, and his form is what? Is what we are learning in the New Testament. He saw it in the Old. Because three men submitted to suffering. Three men said, God's will is what we will pursue, no matter what. And by them and through them, God revealed himself. And you know what Nebuchadnezzar did? He made a decree in his whole kingdom. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. 2 Timothy 2 verse 8. Let's look at that quickly. 2 Timothy 2, 8 and 10. 
Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Ten. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may what? obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now, notice what he said. He said, I'm suffering, but the word of God, the point there is this, child of God, is once you are obeying God, no matter what you're going through, the word of God will be glorified or is being glorified. So Paul says, I'm in chains. But the word of God in my chains is not changed. It was by his imprisonment that the household of Caesar got to have salvation. Because as the exchange soldiers, those who stood by him for eight hours, went back to their next post and said, I saw a man. I heard a man. I experienced a man. It was through all of that. So either way, once you're obeying God, it doesn't matter how it looks because sometimes the pressure is that I know God has a purpose for my life. I know God. And then you want to step out in, you know, to show that God's purpose. No. The way to step out to show God's purpose is obedience. No matter where you are. No matter where you are. God knows how to. If he wants you in the limelight, he knows. But to shine where you are, he also will use you. You'll be amazed. Sometimes they never come back to tell you. It was uh, that Dr. Connors that told us. That he prayed for a fellow student in 1970-something. And the lady was telling him that God used him to heal her. After about 30-something years or 40 years. So you never know. You never know. You just keep obeying him. You just keep obeying him. You just keep saying to God, I know you have a purpose. And the only way I can be in that purpose is I keep obeying what I know now. You know, there are some times you come and or there are stages in your life that you're praying to God and you say, God, show me. You want God to show you a vision. You know, where somewhere in one big place, doing one big thing, so that you can know this, your purpose, then you walk towards. That's beautiful. God may decide to do that for you. Praise God. But you know what? Where you are now, God's purpose is that you obey the next word. As you obey here, he will lead you here. He will lead you here. He will lead you here. The proximity or the distance between a slave in Egypt to Pharaoh's throne is incalculable. You can't factor it. We are talking of racism. To the Egyptians, non-Egyptians, we are almost not human beings. Do you understand? For Joseph to get to the point where he even came into the palace, the only door was jail. The only door was jail. He had to come through prison. There was nothing else that could have granted him access. And that's why when they were going to finally bring him in, they had to do makeup. This makeup people are doing now. They had to shave him. You know, they tried to make him as close to be an Egyptian as possible. Praise the Lord. They did if his hair was like our own. You know, their, their own is Gorimaba. So they shaved him. But today, if maybe if he's Afro, they would have put Afro wig on me, put different things, painted me. You know, they had to manage him. Now, how else could he have accessed Pharaoh? Tell yourself, God knows how to bring about his purposes in my life. And all he asks of me is obey. Trust and obey. And not just the big things, the little things, the little things. Patience, long-suffering, humility, diligence. Very little things, little things. 
Little things that, you know, he's shifting you. He's using that to shift you here. He's using that to shift you. He's using that. He's just navigating you, navigating you, navigating you. We looked at Luke 22, 23 to 27 on Sunday, where our Lord Jesus Christ said to the disciples, if you want to be great, this is what you do. Okay? And that account actually follows what our Lord Jesus Christ did in John 13. Let's just have that as we close. In John chapter 13, the Bible has an account of one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I just retrieved because of time. The Bible says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. Praise God. Jesus, what? Knowing, Jesus, knowing that what? The Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God I was going to God. What does that mean to him? It meant he was sure. You know what? What we learned on Sunday should make you sure of yourself. God has a purpose. I'm not living life trying to break in somewhere. There is a reserved place in destiny for me. Praise the Lord. That's what it is. He said, Jesus, knowing he was not struggling, knowing, knowing, what do you know, sir? You're not struggling with him. You're not struggling with her. No struggle. Jesus knew that the father had what? Given all things. This is my beloved son in whom I wept. He knew it. And that he had come from God and was what? Going to God. The circuit is complete. And the, the next verse says, he rose from supper, laid aside his garment, gathered himself with the servant's towel. What he did was because he knew how high he was, he went as low as possible. Child of God. The reason you and I struggle with many things is that we don't know how high we are before God. It says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in, where, in heavenly. I don't need my name on a list to make me know how great I am before God. I don't need to have this number of things to make me know how great in the sight of God I am. I know it because his word says so. He says he has inscribed my name or tattooed my name upon the palms of his hands. We learn now, he has a purpose for me. I may not be called to be what you are, but I'm called to be what I am. Knowing that, he said he rose from supper. He didn't keep standing. He rose, he laid aside his garment, he took a towel, gathered himself, went down on the ground, and began to wash the feet of his disciples. Child of God, this is the way to greatness in the kingdom. We don't shunter, we don't shove, we don't push, we don't introduce ourselves. It's the world system. Not if you're trying to, trying to make it. You're not trying to make it. You are already made in him. Praise the Lord. You're just looking. He said, knowing. He rose, laid aside his garment, took the tower, and started one after the other to wash the disciples. And then the Bible tells us, wherefore God had what? Highly exalted him. That's what we're looking for now. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord. Let's begin by thanking him. He has given us all things. You know the Bible says all things are yours. It says all things are yours. The Bible says you and I are joint heirs with Christ. God loves you immeasurably. You can't quantify the love God has for you. The Bible says he demonstrated his love for you and I. When he sent his only son, Jesus, the Christian must, must secure himself 
in his place in God. I'm not struggling for a place as a pastor. It doesn't matter the number of people I pastor. I am his beloved. He's chosen me. And I feel like some wives that people will see their husband and say, ah, how did you manage to catch that man? That's your business. He caught me. I may not be all that in your eyes, but you see, God thinks something of me. He died for me. The Bible says, don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, which he bought for a price. It means God looked at me and said, I want to live inside of you, Ikenna. God looked at me and said, I want to live inside of you, Femi. God looked at me and said, I want to live inside of you. He said, I want to live inside of you. Yes, I want to live inside of you, Momichi. I want to live inside of you. He considered you a property and bought you and put his Holy Ghost to dwell inside of you. Who are you to feel depressed? Who are you to feel downcast? Who are you to imagine to look for the world to validate you? Who are you to measure your success according to the world standard? He said, I have chosen you even in the furnace of affliction. He said, I've selected you. It doesn't matter. God didn't say, oh, if you have this amount, if you succeed, like, no. He said, I, 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 before you started, I made up my mind, you are my choice. I determined I will work with you. I find delight in you. Jesus said, I know the Father's love for me, so I can take off anything. I can take off anything. I can take off anything. I can bear anything. I can bear insults. I can bear rejection. I can bear denial. I can be all of that. You know why? Because the Father lavishly gives me all things. So why should I fear when I have you? When I'm surrounded by your love? Why should I worry? Why should I wonder where is my tomorrow? My tomorrow has been settled in him who loves me. I'm not in a journey of discovery. I'm a journey of worship. I want to go deeper in him because he has loved me. I don't need to present to the world eight children to show I'm a success. I don't even have to walk to the altar to show that Jesus loves me. Jesus has walked to the cross to show that he loves me. If you want to know if he loves me, come with me to the cross and you see where my Savior bled and died for me. I want you to thank him. I want you to thank him. I want you to ask him, Lord, change my heart, change my attitude. Because I will. We learn to make a choice. Tonight, make a choice. I will fulfill that purpose. Nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. I will not let any rival throne survive. No suggestion. Nothing else will compete. I will take my peace in you. We learned as we started that the kingdom has a spirit. They say the kingdom of God is righteousness. That's what we learned. The right choices righteousness, peace and joy. I will find my peace in you. I will find my joy in you. I'll find my highs in you. When I get high, I'll be getting high in you. When I'm having peace, it will be the peace of union with you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. He loves me. 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 He loves you, sir. He loves you. He knows where you are. Your burdens are not too much for him. Your challenges are not too heavy for him. Your qualms are not too, they are not disturbing him. He can handle that. He said, come to me, come, come. He says, I will make you. He says, I will make you. I will make you. I will make you. Let's just thank him. And let's say, change my heart, oh Lord. Change my heart, change my heart. 
Change my heart. Change my heart. Change my heart. Let me enter into the blessedness of the beloved of the Lord, of the chosen of the Lord, of the ones upon whom he has inscribed destiny. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Begin to thank him for that purpose. For it shall be fulfilled. As a nation, we are thanking the Lord. Because Nigeria shall fulfill its purpose. Because you and I are here. As a church, we are thanking the Lord. You may look at yourself and you may not be much. But the Bible says God is able to save by many or by few. He's almighty, don't forget. He's omnipotent. Omnipotence does not need potency. He doesn't need anything to be added to him. What you add to him will not change who he is. So tonight, Lord, we're saying thank you. Let's thank him for purpose being fulfilled. In our families, let's thank him for our lives, every purpose of his, for our children, for our marriages, for the reason for which he has saved us, the reason for which the word has come to us. It shall be fulfilled. It doesn't matter. Jeremiah went through a lot of things. But yet, he did what God called him to be. David was another man. If I had time, I would have shown you David. The Bible says, David served his generation according to the will of God. Tonight, we're saying, Father, we thank you. Everything you've written concerning us, it shall be done. Lord, will bless you. Let's just praise him. Just rise on your feet as we praise him. Just bless the Lord. Just bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord our God. Thank you, our King. Thank you. Thank you. Listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www at thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.